Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name's Ashton Smith, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, a special edition of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm Derek Kernahan, and today I'm joined by a man who's taken UK wrestling scene by storm, both as a singles competitor and also in a very successful tag team in POD with Rampage Brown. It's Ashton Smith. Ashton, first of all, thank you very much for doing this, and secondly, how are you? I'm good, thank you, and thank you very much for being so patient with me. I think we were supposed to do this months ago, but I'm terrible at replying and organising my time. <laughs> so it's good to finally get the uh, yeah. find some time to do it. Not a problem. And like I said, it's really nice to have you on the show. So first question is, we usually, this is one of more of our generic ones that we ask everybody when we interview them is, what got you into wrestling? I think, I don't remember. And I know this is kind of like corny and cliche to say that like I've been watching wrestling from before I remember, but like legit, my mum would tell me stories of, of me watching wrestling, but it's before I could remember as a child. Kind of the first bits that I do recall was watching it with my brother. So I presume it was my brother that watched it and just being a younger brother, I just kind of followed whatever he did. And I remember I had two favourites. So I had the Big Boss Man and Razor Ramon were my two favourites. And then my brother said to me, they were, they had a match. And I, I don't think it was a big match. It might have just been something on whatever it was at the time where it was Saturday main event or, or whatever. Yeah. I remember they had a match and my brother just said, oh, you, you have to choose. You have to choose one. And then from that day, then I was a massive Razor Ramon fan. That's like Big Brothers, isn't it? Doing that to you. I've got yeah. one of them myself who's on the pod as well. And, yeah. you know, I totally feel where you're coming from. Me yeah. there, definitely. <laughs> we had the same situation a few years later on when we were still watching it. And it was Rock and Austin. Ah, yes. He was like, he had dibs on The Rock because he was older. And I, secretly, I loved The Rock more. But he was like, no, you can't support The Rock because he, I, my, The Rock's mine. So... I was kind of with Austin. And then I think it's when The Rock turned, The Rock turned heel uh, when he joined with Vince and my brother was like, I don't like it anymore, you could have him. <laughs> He's been claimed for life ever since. Oh, oh man, that's not good. That's, <laughs> you, man. Not. that's not fair at all, is it, no. being the younger brother? <laughs> I got my way in the end, though, it's all right. Nah, you've done all right for yourself anyway. <laughs> so can you tell us just a wee bit about your background in the wrestling industry? Obviously, you've been in a, in a number of different promotions yeah. throughout the years and stuff like that. Do you mind just giving us a wee bit of background on yourself? Yeah, so I was living in Birmingham at the time. I was born in Birmingham, lived in Birmingham until I came to uni. So, And I came to uni late. So I was probably in Birmingham for like the first 21 to 22 years of my life and I'd always loved wrestling so I was I was playing football a lot but it was more sort of my dad that was pushing me into playing football right and kind of at this stage I was getting a little bit older and I was more interested in wrestling I'd kind of half given up on football and stuff so I'd always said about oh it'd be amazing to find a wrestling school because I'd, I'd heard about one through one of my friends 
which was in an area not far from me, about 15 minutes. But I'm so kind of like laid back and lazy and lethargic that I never actually went out to go find it. And I, I remember I was walking down the road with my mate after school one day and we seen a poster on a car windscreen. And we was actually talking about wrestling at the time and he pulled it off and he said, like, oh my, wrestling school in quotation marks. And it was like, it, it's literally opening about two minutes away from my house. So I grabbed the flyer and I was like, I'll call it for us, I'll call it for us. And then same thing with me being lazy, I kind of left it on the side and then <laughs> never called it. And then <laughs> my friends, little brothers actually started going to that wrestling training and he said, it's amazing. So I was like, oh my God. And then the next week I went there. So we started going and it was literally in a garage. Like not not a big garage in somebody's like car garage. It was like a long garage, it was probably a two car long garage. And it was about three layers of carpet and three sofa cushions in the middle. That's where <laughs> that's where I learned to bump and, oh, and man. So that's why I'm so terrible now. <laughs> dark, but no, it was it was incredible. I always say that's like I think everyone that that's their most exciting time in, in wrestling when everything's brand new and and it was there and, and that was my start and the, it was basically just a guy called Richard Caulfield yeah who he he doesn't wrestle anymore but he was wrestling for a promotion called Sovereign Championship Wrestling it was SCW that was in Birmingham he just kind of took it on himself just to to start or I don't know was to make some extra money or whatnot but it was just it was absolutely incredible I think from SCW there's probably four or five guys still going so you've got the Hunter brothers yeah they were there they weren't at training but they was already wrestling on the shows at this point and then you've got the Clark brothers who are twins that they're I think that one of them still wrestles for FCW, which is like a promotion in Birmingham. And then Brandon Thomas, who, who does sort of the All-Star and does the holiday camps and stuff like that. So not too many going, but that was that was my start, was getting on those shows. And then there's always a moment, and every time I'm training people, I always say, and even when I'm speaking to people who are out on the scene now, I always ask them and say, when was that the light bulb moment for you? Because I think it's a lot different now. This is crazy. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. You've got so many incredible training schools now that people's light gets switched on from the start. But us back then, so I was talking about, I think I was 15 at the time. So that's like, it's about 16 years ago. I was 14, 15, so it's about 16 years ago. Okay. Um, and not many people shared the secret of what made people better. So we kind of learned basic wrestling, but we always knew you would know something was missing. And then it wasn't until you have that light bulb moment where somebody switches it on for you that you're like, Oh, okay, and it starts to click and it starts to make sense and you actually start to get better. Like, the guys nowadays, they're lucky because it gets done from the beginning. But at that stage in the beginning, when I first started, there was very few who was kind of sharing the secrets. There was a handful of guys that would go out of their way to help you. And luckily for me, two of them, one Spud, who's now Drake Maverick, uh, yes. WWE, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> for me, he's always there just above me. So <laughs> he got brought in to do a show there and Jack Storm, as well uh, who's, who's not wrestling anymore who is absolutely incredible i still think he's probably one of the best heels that we've had in this this country today mm -hmm. i'd had a match and i think i'd probably had two or three matches at this point and i'd had a match and then them two were the main event of the show and it wasn't until like a couple of months after i got the dvd and i was watching it and i watched my match and i remember thinking this looks nothing like wwe matches and i had no clue what it was but i just knew that this was completely different to what i was seeing on on wrestling and then i watched their match in the main event and that was wwe wrestling did you know what i mean it was, a, yeah. it was like a stark contrast in terms of structure in terms of storytelling selling everything was just completely different and this was back in msn days so i just kind of reached out to him and was 
reached out to him and was like, what do I need to do to get better? And he was like, you've, you've got a long way to go, but here's a guy called Barry Charolumbus. He's trained like a, a hell of a lot of guys. He's in London, but it'll be the best thing you ever do. So from there, every Saturday, I started getting the coach down to London and that's when things really started to tick for me. Wow. Well, thank that's you. a long one. I'm a big talker, I apologise. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. So it must have been quite a big upturn for you then, having to travel to, you know, BB Najar and travelling from Birmingham to London every weekend. Was that quite a was that quite a change for you then, would you say? Yeah, it was killer because I'd never really gone out much. Like I, ne- I never really hung out on the streets or anything like that. I would just kind of hang with my brothers, play computer games. So I think I got a full-time job. It was actually my original trainer was the one that got me it. And then I started using that money to get the National Express down, which was like £36 return. But it was like a three-hour journey each way. Yeah, That was every Saturday. But again, I just I absolutely loved it because that was just learning on a whole nother level. So yeah. it was big, but I absolutely loved it. That's amazing. That's absolutely, that's absolutely amazing. And the, and the dedication as well that you know, that you put into it, you know, you do that, it's, you know, very commendable as well. Mm. I was looking through a bit about your career and stuff like that, and you took a bit of break from wrestling for a few years, didn't you? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just wondering what made you decide to take the break? What were you doing in between and what made you return? This was good. You know, I've, I've always wanted to be asked this question and I, and I never was. So at the time I was doing the Doris coffee gimmick. It was the Jamaican bobsledder. So I don't know if you've mm-hmm. come across this. And that had come yeah. across from Spud sending me a link to a fancy dress shop saying, buy this for Halloween and we'll go out. And it was just kind of went on from there. So I bought the suit and then Barry made it into a gimmick. So I started wrestling as Doris Coffey, who was wrestling to earn money to go to the Winter Olympics. <laughs> I think it was. And one of the benefits of that is I was really skinny at the time. I'm still quite, I'm still quite slim now. Like I've got a really thin frame. So having the full body suit and having such a wild character was it was kind of a way to get me on shows and disguise these things. So I was doing that for a long time. I was having quite a lot of success. Like I was getting bookings here, there and everywhere. But it, there's only so far that the, the comedy guy can go. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be the main event. I think everyone that's wrestling wants to be that top guy. And if, if you don't, then you probably shouldn't be wrestling or you're probably not going to last that long. Because what drives you to, to keep doing it if you're content in the spot you're in? So then I started to get frustrated. And one of the places that I really wanted to work as well, because at this time, it seemed like the only way to WWE was through all-star wrestling okay uh, yeah and i had done a couple of shows there but brian dixon wasn't too keen on me so I, I just remember thinking oh god i was kind of it kind of gutted me and i started to think oh well maybe maybe this isn't going to happen you know maybe maybe i'm not going to get there and I started doubting myself and kind of got down on myself and i was like i'm not really happy just doing the comedy thing i want to be a main event guy and then as well i was i was pretty much wrestling full-time at this stage as well. T-Bone had kind of took me under his wing and we was doing ring jobs. So he was doing ring jobs. He would give me money for the ring jobs. We'd get on shows. He'd put me on more shows and stuff. So I was earning my living through that. So I was kind of working full-time. So then it got to a point where I thought, right, maybe WWE is not an option and I'm not really earning that much money. I'm not, I'm not wrestling like three times a weekend. I'm not really earning too much money. And I wanted to learn to drive because I think I was probably, I think I was about 17, 18 at the time. So I wanted to learn to drive. I just wanted to have a lot of money. So I just kind of come away from it and I started working full time. Right. Um, so I just started working full time. I was like, I'm just going to take a break. And I, I wasn't ever going to come back to it at this point. And then I ended up changing my mind and going to Manchester for uni. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I was at, I was at Man Met University and then a show 
came about called HXC Wrestling, which was the Dave Rain was doing the booking for it as well. So I was like, oh, and you kind of get that itch whenever anybody goes away from it. They're, they're lying if they say they don't get the itch and you don't kind of keep an eye on it to see what's going on. So I sent a message to Dave Rain and I was like, oh, you know, this is at my uni. I pretty much know everyone here that I'd get quite a large turnout to come to the show. But he yeah. was like, no, 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 we're fine. I, I, he didn't rate me at this point. So he was like, no, 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 we're fine. We don't really need it. The cars for us. Like, oh, right. Okay. That's fine. Whatever. And then T-Bone and Keith Colwell, who uh, wrestles of Roughneck for WAW. Yeah. They went directly to the promoter and was like, here's this guy. He's really good. Like, he, he goes to the uni. Do you know what I mean? He's, he can help bring a lot of people in. So then he messaged me and was like, no, no, we're going to get you in. And that was my first comeback was... Great. Was then. Yeah. So you were mentioning there, like, you know, guys saying, you know, they didn't like you, didn't like the gimmick. Was that difficult to take? Did you find that demoralizing? Or else was there a way of you just like going, you know what, I know that I'm good. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. It was really a bit, it was really a bit of both. So I think Spud is, Spud or Drake Maverick, he's, as well as Dave Mastiff and Barry, my trainer, they've always plowed me with confidence and they've always said, like, you've got something that maybe other people don't have. And they've always having that support in the back of my head has made me think, like, yeah, maybe I do, maybe I can really do this. But then you kind of have setbacks and then that kind of gets in your head. So it just becomes a battle of two different voices in your head, really. And I think at that time when I decided to step away, the voices of maybe you're not cut out for this really is that kind of one over, which is why I kind of took the break away. But then as I was on my way of coming back, I thought, right, I'm going to come back seriously. I'm going to come back as a serious gimmick and get bigger, da, 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 and then come back and then really push myself into that main event. Great, yeah. And then I, I think I needed that sort of fuel, that fire relighting. And, and that's what the break did for me, really. That's yeah. what the break did. Because I was doing a lot of like poor shows at the time as well, where like five people would turn up or 10 people would turn up. And it was at that stage where you never knew if you was going to get sort of 100 or 200, which was a strong draw at the time, or mm -hmm. 10. And I was kind of doing a lot of those shows and it started to really, that started to get me down as well. So when I decided to come back, I was like, I'm only going to do the one that all of my mates are on and all of the ones that I want to do and I really enjoy. And I'm going to push myself into that main event picture. So always having people support me and just having a new drive, I think is what's helped me get to where I am now. Yeah, and like you were saying, you know, you you coming back and being the main event guys and then you going to some of the, you know, the promotions that you wanted to do. Yeah. And I think most of the people, well, there will, there will be a, quite a few people who have seen you in other things, but most people that listen to us will, will associate you with ICW, yeah. which is where we've got a big fan base from and pretty much everybody that's on all the podders that are on here will go to, well, most of the shows. If we don't go to all of them, we go to most of them. Yeah. You obviously won the tag team titles pretty much. I think you had two other matches and then you just came to Glasgow in a cold night in January. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and you and Rampage won the belts off Apollo Promotions. What's First of all, what's it like, you know, being in ICW? What was it like teaming up with Rampage Brown? And what's it like, of course, having the wee manager manager? This is not just because I'm there, but I think ICW was one of the biggest things to happen in, in my wrestling at that time. Just seeing the crazy things that they were doing at the time and how popular they were. It was something that I always had an eye on as soon as I heard about them. And I thought that would be incredible to get there. So then when I got the, I think I got the email or the message, whatever it was at the time, that was like, we're going to bring you in and tag them with Rampage. 
who I just kind of recently started tagging with, I was thinking, absolutely incredible. Like, yeah, I felt a stronger package tagging with Rampage. So I was just, I was absolutely buzzing to do that, to come into ICW. And I'd, I'd not long met Joe and Mark Coffey at the time. And I'd, I'd always really got on with them as well. So I knew there was a couple of people there that I was excited to see again and hang out with. So yeah, the first couple that we got to do was incredible. You know, they brought us in, it was the old school squash matches that nobody does anymore. We just kind of ran through a few people and it just out of nothing just really built up some steam for us so when it come to the tag title match with polo promotions it was just an incredible feeling to be in that position and i i didn't know what was going to happen at the time until i kind of until i got there i was like oh my god we was, we was buzzing. i didn't even know it was a tag title match at the hey. time until i got there so when we had that and then there was and i was like we're going to give you another manager as well who's wee man and i, I think i'd met him and said hello to him a couple of times well, right. I've never actually, I've never actually had a proper conversation with him. Didn't really know too much about him at the time. But when he come out and just speaking to him backstage, when he come out and he cut that promo before announcing us, it was just incredible. And I think that's yeah. kind of the that's the connection that me and Rampage needed to the ICW fans because ICW fans, are, I think they're the most loyal fan base the Scottish wrestlers anyone their own wrestlers they're the most loyal extreme and passionate fans that, that I've ever been in front of and sometimes you know coming from England it can be difficult to get that same sort of it's not that acceptance is a weird word but it, it, it is that if that makes yeah. sense yeah that kind of weird acceptance and I think we man was one of the things that helped you know bring us in and, and connect us to that audience yes uh, yeah it definitely. was it was obviously winding them up at the time as, as you does so brilliantly but it was <laughs> it was exactly what we need and i just remember that introduction uh, i just remember that introduction and our music hitting and the crowd and we didn't know how they was going to react because we'd only tagged there a couple of a handful of times yeah and then just that roar of when our music hit and the announcement that it was me and rampage it was just an exciting feeling. It's when you get those moments that you know that whatever you're going to do, that night's going to go down well. And yes. it did for us. And it was just incredible to have to sure fight a short, sharp match. And I think that's kind of what we built our reputation on. So to actually get given a belt at ICW was massive. A lot of wrestlers say that a belt's just a prop and you, and you don't need them. I've never believed that if that makes sense I've never played and it's, yeah. especially with ICW Tag Team Champions it's something to be proud of and it's also a pressure because they're relying on you to be a draw and to improve that division and I think yes. the two runs that we've had as Tag Team Champions I'd, I'd like to think that we've done that and the Tag Team Division not that it wasn't before because the Polar Promotions are probably my favourite tag team in Britain in yeah. Britain today it's, I'd love to see them start tagging again It'd be great to see them tagging again. It would be, it would be. I think, yeah, yeah. I think everybody wants that. And that's another match that I would love as well. I would love to have that rematch. We never really had that rematch. They kind of went off to their own incredible things. But it's just, I think you always have to take it from the next guys and take it to the next level. And then yeah. when Shaw and Jack Jester took the bouts from us, they did the same. Mm -hmm. We took it back and did the same. And now it's obviously, it's um, Kings of Catch's turn to do yeah. the same and take it to the next level so for me it never once felt like just a prop it was always something to be proud of and it was always something that was just kick on now and and keep giving your all yeah one of the things that sort of i, I don't maybe didn't didn't surprise us but it gave us that shock factor was you know that how dominant you were in that match against polo promotions first of all to win the belt and i think it was a great way of doing it yeah and um, you know just it was just 
it was amazing. I was there that night and it was absolutely, it was fantastic to see. And then obviously you won the belt back again, you know, at Fear and Loven yeah. um, at the Hydro. What was it like wrestling at the Hydro? That was incredible. So that was, even though at that time I'd signed to WWE, that was the first time I'd done a sort of arena show. Yeah. So it was just a massive that was incredible. It was something that we'd always had sort of our eyes set on. When we first won the bouts, we both kind of had our sight on making it to the hydro. Yeah. Um, and, and being involved in that. So when we eventually got to it and we sort of come back, we was in the ladder match. It was just yeah. an incredible feeling. I remember that everyone makes an effort. Everyone gets really suited and booted. And, you know, it's a big thing. We're the ICW are a professional company, so everyone likes to look like the bee's knees. And I yeah. drove up from <laughs> Manchester or maybe even Birmingham on that one. And every time I travel, I'm, I'm traveling in jogging bottoms and comfies just because <laughs> the venue, the first person I walk into is Dallas. And it's like, okay, yeah, now you could have made an effort. You know? <laughs> I mean, oh my God. I'm getting sent home already, I know. <laughs> but, yeah. One of the other questions as well, like I say, we've got a big, massive ICW fan base. Can we expect to see you back in ICW anytime soon? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we're getting rid of us soon. We may take a little time away, but I think the beauty of us is it's, it's always unexpected when we do come back and we always kind of raise hell as soon as we do. It's a nice sort of shot value we have, so... Great, we'll, uh, great. I think a lot of our viewers will be happy to see he's back in ICW very soon anyway. Absolutely. So obviously, the like we mentioned there before, the WWE, you know, the uh, NXT UK stuff yeah. all came about then. How did the trial come about, Ashton, for you? So this is a little bit of a long story as well. I'll try and kind of uh, I'll make it short. But I'd always, back when I was wrestling, even like before I took a break, when I was wrestling, I always just wanted to know if they knew who I, if they knew who I was. That's all, that's, all I, that's all I ever wanted to know. I just wanted to know if they knew who I was or if they'd ever seen me or they'd ever come across me. Because we was kind of getting word that, yeah, they, you know, like Riga watches a lot of the stuff and, you know, they're always keeping their eyes on it and stuff. So I was like, I was wondering if they'd ever seen me. Probably around the times that all the sort of the UK stuff was being fought up and a few people had, had come to shows. And I was wrestling a promotion in Mansfield at the time called Hope Wrestling. Okay. And the show I wasn't there, the show I wasn't there, somebody from WWE came. To watch and i think that's the show that they've seen pete and then future shock which i was on every show but then the one show i wasn't booked on somebody from wwe oh. came there and i was just starting to get these things again it's like i'm i'm jinxed i don't really i don't know what's going on i'm just jinxed and then and then one of my friends told me and was like he was basically like they know who you are they've seen the stuff that you do at icw and they're really impressed they really like it and i just remember almost, almost like i could have cried at that point it's one of those motions where if you want to you could let go and, and tip it over and i could have cried i just remember being so happy as sort of cheesy as that sounds but that was all i'd ever looked for for like the last sort of six seven years of my life was to know and to know that they was impressed and actually liked me was just incredible and that's why i kind of will always have a sort of special place in my heart for icw because it was i feel like it was through that that they did eventually see me and see what i could do in that work so that was incredible then there was there was tryouts in manchester and t-bone again always looking out yeah t-bone had put me forward for it and said this guy's worth taking a look at so we got the emails back to say the the sort of tryout was confirmed and then the next thing you knew was mark coffee was there as well i'm pretty sure i don't even know if he needed to be there he just wanted to be so as soon as that was there mark is like my calming influence no matter what kind of stressful situation i'm in if i'm there with mark coffee i know he'll make me laugh and i know he'll make me relax oh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> i always just stick with it i always i always just stick with him i just sort of tag on to him and he always puts me in a positive mental state that i know i could just go and do my best then because you see a lot of guys is really tight and really really tense really stressed and and concerned and if you're doing something simple like just rolls warming up 
if a guy messes up a roll, you can see it in his face and he, he thinks that he's blown his chance of getting signed just by stumbling on a roll. And, and if I get in that mind state, like I'm, I'm just terrible and I'm no good to anyone. So yeah, just being relaxed and happy, that's kind of when, when you get the best out of me. So having guys around like Marcus up is just incredible. Yeah, that's, that's a great story. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And like, like, like you also mentioned in NXT UK, you know, is it weird you playing... Um, a babyface in the NXT while playing a heel in the indies that you're on because most of the you know in ICW and things like that he was obviously yeah. recognised as a heel was it weird you know doing the two different you know I, I loved it it's something that I've always done so even back from the start Therese Coffee, I was also wrestling as D-Rock in sort of one PW yes. as a heel so it's something that I've always done both and, and luckily I've always kind of been able to do I've always been able to do both and, and to switch into both so I think the majority of my career and probably the most success I've had as a face so it's, it was no surprise to me to work there as a face but just me and Rampage as a heel in ICW just works incredibly yeah it does it really does so, yeah but they, yeah no I enjoy both sides I feel maybe my work in the ring is probably a little bit better when, when I'm a face and when I've got the support of the crowd but I feel yeah. like any kind of mic work or charisma or character I think that comes out much better when, I'm, when I am a heel so I enjoy yeah. I just love that side as well so yeah yeah, I, I think you're great at both of them anyway. Um, just from my point of view, I think you're uh, fantastic at both of them. Um, j just regarding the, the NXT division, are you um, the UK division, are you surprised to see it take off as well as it has? Or else do you think it was something that you know that WWE needed to do for a number of years, you know, sort of thing like that? Do you think it's, are, are you surprised how well it's taken off? It's not so much surprise, it's just you're always hoping. You're always hoping that it does and you're not sure if it is ever going to, but thanks to sort of a brilliant sort of vision from those guys at, at WWE where they're like let's really tap into sort of the source of talent directly in the UK and you know they're doing tryouts in India and stuff so them having that drive and, and vision when they say that they're going to do stuff they do it and they make a real good job of it that's no surprise at all but just being a part of it is, is absolutely incredible and I think in terms of NXT UK I think every show that we do you can see that the talent's getting better and better and better every time so we all just want to keep getting better and pushing on and making the show as big as possible yeah yeah definitely and it's so great like from us being a fan to able to see you know a WWE programme for guys you know in the UK it's, it's fantastic for us fans as well to see that happen so, so Mr Garson how do you think you've done so far in NXT UK are you quite happy with your performances I think I think I'm I think I'm satisfied yeah but as as I kind of said at the start everyone always wants more and everybody wants to be that top guy so where I am at the moment I want more and to get more it's it's on me I know that I need to improve and the coaches that we have there are absolutely incredible it's world class and I think everyone kind of says this that when you sign to WWE it's like learning wrestling from the beginning it's like starting from day one it doesn't matter how much years experience you've had as soon as you're there it's just a whole different ball game and having the coaches like Robbie Brookside and, and Johnny Moss, Johnny Saint um, yeah. and the strength and conditioning coach that we have is Sean Hayes. It's just literally everything is incredible and I can see myself improving so, so much every time that we're down there at the performance centre and then the next set of live shows, I can feel myself getting better and better. So inside, I feel like I'm ready to explode. As soon, yeah. as, I'm let, as, soon as I'm let out that cage, 
now I feel like I'm ready for it. I don't know how ready I was for it when I'd first signed. If yeah. That, if that kind of makes sense. And yeah, of now course, yeah. kind of waiting for that next thing and just keep your head down and keep working hard. That's, that's basically it. Yeah. Like I say, a lot of the guys from the pod are going to the NXT UK division in Glasgow. So yeah. we'll, all be, we'll all be rooting for you <laughs> there at that show anyway, mate. Definitely. This is, this is it. Scotland's like my second home. My, well, I guess kind of my third home because I've got Birmingham then I've got Manchester. So then I remember when they was like, oh yeah, we're going to Scotland and all the Scottish lads were buzzing and I buzzing. So I don't know if I'm quite accepted as Scottish yet, but I feel like I'm coming in the back door. Do you know what I mean? As, as much yeah. as I can. I'm into square slice sausage. I haven't Great. had a fried Mars bar yet, but like my wife's half Scottish and do you know what I mean? I just We're always with her side of the family. The, the McDougals they are, so they're a proud. Well, well that's, that, that's very Scottish. Yes. That is, that is, yes. As most Scottish <laughs> get, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, that whole culture, it's just, a, it's just a crazy culture thing at the moment that I love everything about it. Just the banter that you get from you guys is just is second to none. And I just, it's incredible. So for me, coming to Glasgow for WWE UK, it's like, it feels like it's another kind of home match for me because a lot of the shows that we've done at the moment have been right down south, like sort of around London-based and such. Yeah. Where in terms of my sort of wrestling, I'm maybe not as well known there now as I was. If it had been in my first sort of stint with wrestling and I, I was doing quite a lot of shows in down in London and that area, but ever since I came back, I just, I never went that far. So I'm kind of, a lot of people are maybe seeing me for the first time, but then now we've kind of come up north and I just, I feel like there's going to be a few familiar faces in the crowd and I just, I can't yeah. wait. It's going to be a show like no other. The Scottish audiences are absolutely crazy. So yeah. it's so exciting yeah. for NXT UK to be there and especially how prominent, you know, that Gallus are there as well. So that's yeah. going yeah. to be a crazy reaction. I bet my house on it. But it's going to be brilliant. Like I said, if you hear a few shouts, that'll be from the ESSR guys. That'll be from us giving you, <laughs> giving you a cheer anyway. <laughs> I'm um, going to need it. I'm going to need it. Yeah, mate, we, we'll we'll be there supporting you absolutely. You probably hear the loudest scream, like I, like I said to you before we started, from my, my niece Lucy, who's a massive fan. She's yeah. a nine year old. She's been on the pod and all that talking about wrestling. She loves wrestling, so if you hear the scream, it'll probably be from her. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So just a, just a few more questions. If that's okay. So yeah, one of the ones we always like, uh, usually I like to ask as well. You know, obviously all the experience that you've picked up in wrestling. If we had to list them, obviously we'd be here for quite a quite a while. But looking back. Um, at your wrestling debut what advice would you give yourself with all the experience that you've picked up along the way I'm going back to speaking to myself for the first time yes. before, the, yeah. before the baby yeah if you could go back and speak to yourself what would you say I'd have told myself to take off the fire t-shirt that I was wearing and the Adidas three quarter length bottoms <laughs> that have been, definitely would have been the first thing <laughs> it would have just been to just to relax just to relax and enjoy it and that's it really that's at that stage i think that's all you can do is just relax and be as confident as yeah be as confident as humanly possible at that time because confidence can cover anything in my yeah. eyes and I, I think that's kind of a key part you always know when somebody's slightly new just from their body language and how confident they are so i just think you can get through any situation i've learned this in real full-time work if you're confident enough and you say something with enough conviction people will believe you yeah and i think that's what i would say to myself debut yeah, great. That's great advice. I think I'm going to be taking that on as well now as well for my career. Absolutely. <laughs> so what does the future hold for, for Aston Smith going forward then? Absolutely no idea. I just know, I don't feel like personally I've had that moment where I've actually exploded on the wrestling scene. Mm -hmm. And it's now this year, especially this is my aim to make it this year to really get my name out there. I've been wrestling for sort of 15, 16 years now, but 
I've never really pushed myself. And obviously now having the WWE back and it's putting me in front of eyes that have never even heard of me. So I think this now this year or, or the next, I think this is the year where stuff really takes off for me and I really kind of build my own brand and my own name. Yeah, great, great. That's awesome. So just before we finish up, we usually like to do a few quick fire questions. So yeah. that's all right at you. This is when great. I get in trouble. This is when I say something stupid. I know it, but let's do it. <laughs> um, so the first one is singles or tag? Tag. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Rampage or Wii Man? Oh, Rampage. Sorry, Rampage. Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case um, he got in a bar fight, it would be Rampage. So Rampage, yeah. He's yeah. always there. He's a big guy, isn't exactly. he? Back you up. <laughs> Favourite venue that you've wrestled in? It was the... Is it the, the ABC? The ABC, yeah. The ABC, Great yeah, place. ABC. Loved it. Yeah. Favourite match that you've been in? It was against Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. Yeah. Great. Single. Your favourite tag partner? Rampage. And lastly, obviously we had a wee chat earlier on about what football team we talked, so Josie or Ollie? Ollie. 100%. Ollie. Ollie. All the way, Ollie, Ollie. All, all the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the way. <laughs> well, I'd just like to say thank you very much for your time. It's been great speaking to you and, you know, it's part of the... Eat Sleep Suplex GT team, thank you very much. No, thank you. I just want to thank you guys too because, I mean, it's guys like yourselves that help push the British scene to new listeners or to, you know, give exposure to guys who maybe people haven't heard of. And I think it's an incredibly important thing that guys like you do. So I just want to thank you, myself, and just for inviting me on the show. It means a no, lot. The, the honour's the honors been all mine. Um, and just, just last we'll finish up, where can, where can our viewers find you on um, social media? So social media... It's, I just changed it. <laughs> I think it's Ashton Smith underscore WWE. Right, okay. Pretty sure that's it on Twitter and Instagram. Great, great. Like I said, Ashton, thank you very much for your time. And um, thank you to you guys for listening. Until next time, speak to you soon. Thanks, Ashton. Thank you. Bye-bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now sports social podcast network lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.